Welcome to the Fertility Files. Um, we have the beautiful Sarah O'Sullivan with us here today, um, who's going to be telling us about her journey so far. Um, she is still on her journey of trying to conceive um, a beautiful, her beautiful rainbow baby. Um, Sarah has had six chemical pregnancies, two missed miscarriages, one loss, um, uh, and two stem cycles. Uh, sorry, I'm just reading at the moment with uh, three and three embryo transfers. Okay, so um, yeah, and the most recently was your loss, which was beautiful baby Leo, um, which you're going to go into with us today. Um, thank you so much for being able to share this. We really appreciate it. And um, I think it's a really important topic um, to talk about loss and to not, not that Leo is a topic, but to talk about Leo um, and, you know, explain how everything, how what happened and, you know, I just want to say that you're so strong and you're amazing um, and just everything that you've been through and that you're still fighting, you are absolutely incredible. Um, but Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. And did you want to tell us a little bit about yourself as well? Yeah, sure. So I live in Adelaide as well um, with my husband, Daniel, and our fur baby, Duke. Um, I don't know how anyone gets through loss without a pet like he honestly has just been you know like at the start he used to be really good with emotion but yeah. now when he sees me cry he kind of leaves the room and he's like I can't deal with that anymore oh, <laughs> but no he's great no no so um my husband and I we I always wanted to be a young mum um when I was young they would ask me what I wanted to be when I was an adult and I'd say a mum um and we just timing was you know we wanted to get married we bought a house bought a car and um, you know did all of those things that if we had children young we would never have been able to do and um we it was always the plan that um we would we got married in 2017 and my husband wanted to be a certain age so we then the plan was to wait till the following June to start trying yeah um but we started trying um, in April 2018 and to the biggest surprise to us, we fell pregnant three months later. Um, we both couldn't believe it because we were like, yeah, so you know, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that pregnancy um, was a loss um oh, we got to about I think we had a scan of about six-ish weeks but a really terrible experience with the sonographer when it was just a you know it wasn't a specialized women's you know um oh, 
scan clinic so it was very cold and she smiled at us and said that there was no heartbeat um and that was horrible yeah um and then we were told to go back to it actually we were told to go to our gp and for him to run blood tests to confirm that i was actually pregnant yeah and um i was like well there's a gestational sac there there's obviously a pregnancy yes that's right. um so we went had bloods and then two weeks later i think to eight weeks i then went i went to a different um scam place to try and get away from this woman yeah but little do i know they actually change places oh. kind of day by day oh no <laughs> she was at the next one yeah and so she did the next scan and again was a bit cold yeah it's it's not good when like they can't be like that when they're in that sort of situation it's like they need to go to like empathy school or something um and they would see a lot of different things so i think it's really important for them to have that empathy behind them yeah definitely so we then it was confirmed that there was no heartbeat um but between my gp who is fantastic he used to be an obstetrician back in the day and was actually um my mother-in-law's doctor when she was pregnant with my husband oh nice so um yeah it's great but he so between him and the gynecology registrar at Flinders they organized for us to go up there um and book in for a DNC but they didn't want to do it for about a week and a half because they wanted my body to try and do it naturally yeah so in that time it was really difficult because I know this can be a little bit deep but it's I felt like a walking morgue, to be honest. I, I don't think there's any other way to explain it. Yeah. Knowing that my baby was not alive, yeah. but I still had to try and carry on day by day and live a normal life. Yeah. That was really difficult. Oh, yeah. I couldn't um, imagine how, how hard that would have been. Yeah, it was horrible. And that baby was actually due on my mum's birthday. Oh. So, like, that was really special. But yeah. then, you know, obviously oh. didn't work out. So yeah. had a DNC with that. And, and that's when I was first introduced to misoprostol. And this will make sense when I get into my story further. But um, I misoprostol helps open your cervix ready for a DNC yeah and um for some people it can hit them hard and fast and some people they can have numerous tablets and it may not work but for me it hits me hard and fast yeah (laughs) um it's just like it's horrible and so um they'd given me the tablets and then told my husband to go and they'd call him when I was ready and then um when it hit me I just had the urge to vomit and poo it's it's really not nice because it softens everything and just clears you out oh so just Um, it gives way yeah yeah and I remember laying in like the pre-theater room and there's like everyone's lined up ready to go into theater 
and they had the sides up on my bed and I was going to vomit and poo. <laughs> it's really <laughs> horrible. Oh, and I had to like a cleaner walked past and I was like, can you let me out? Deal with this room in a minute. <laughs> It's horrible. Um, and so um, they then realised how much pain I was in, so that actually took me into theatre early. Yeah. Um, so that that was our first loss. Um, and then we kept trying naturally. Um, I have quite a significant um, this a lot of losses in my family. So my sister um, lost her first baby when she was 18 mm. and he was stillborn. Oh. Um, his name's mm. Blaze. Oh. And she then went on to have 12 other miscarriages. So she had my nephew, um, Layden, he's 23 when she was 19. And then from then on, she went to have 12 other losses oh my and my mum had had a stillborn and seven miscarriages so miscarriage is very big in my family yes yeah oh. so we between our first and second loss we then went to a fertility clinic um and had a bit of a bad experience and was kind of told to go away come back in 12 months you're AMH, so your egg reserve is low, but don't worry, come back in 12 months. So, oh yeah. Now we're, <laughs> so we now we're like that to you. They didn't, weren't really interested. Yeah. No, they were, I was told that if I could find my sister's protocol, that they'd look at using that. Um, but my sister didn't pursue with IVF yeah. or anything in, in that aspect. So, and using her protocol to me didn't sit well with me. So we yeah. decided just to yeah leave that clinic leave that be yeah and move on that's a strange thing so, to suggest like everybody's different yes so even if yeah it's very sister, you know they should have looked into everything so yeah that's that's weird yeah very strange and um, so we then moved on we just moved on and started trying naturally and um in may 2019 i had my first chemical pregnancy Mm. and that's a really strange thing to go through um because you have with a chemical pregnancy you get a positive test and within you know maybe a week maybe two weeks maybe a couple of days your test fades to nothing yeah. so the embryo tries to implant and sends out the hcg and then nothing um so that was really difficult. Um, Body basically thinks it's pregnant, but but there's nothing there. There's no sac or anything. Yeah, no, it just doesn't. It doesn't form. So it may not be, you know, a good environment for that particular embryo to implant. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's very common and then, in um, yeah IVF, isn't it? Yeah, and a lot of natural pregnancies, yeah. I think chemical pregnancies are actually a little bit more common than people think because yeah. some people may not test, you know, until a week after their periods due or, or anything like that. So that chemical pregnancy can happen a lot earlier and people don't know because yeah. they haven't tested. Yeah, not like um, me who was crazy and <laughs> tested so, so soon. Um, um, 
but it's true because <laughs> I didn't you. really know I didn't really know what they were until we started yeah IVF and you know getting into all of the yeah. like the lingo and everything and then I then that's when I discovered them but um yeah you don't yeah. hear too much about them um otherwise no no you don't it's um it's I, I definitely know a lot more about them now because you hear about it a lot more now than you know three and a half four years ago when we first started trying yeah yeah so that was the May and then again we just kept trying and then in November 2019 I was pregnant and um had a scan I think it was just before Christmas it was I think it was around the 23rd ish of um December we had a scan and again no heartbeat um and being um being between Christmas and New Year's type of period Mm. I was told that I didn't have the choice of a DNC because Mm. in the public system they classed a DNC as an elective surgery and there was no surgeons working for elective surgery yep absolutely disgusting how is that elective surgery when you wish that you weren't having that exactly I can't yeah it's disgusting so I was given the option to wait until that that you know the doctors and surgeons came back from their leave Mm. um to then have a dnc or I could have a misoprostol managed miscarriage and I I couldn't wait that time yeah because I just I didn't want to go through that mentally again yeah of course but to be honest waiting and then a misoprostol miscarriage were both hell on earth yeah it was horrible oh my god so we were admitted to women's and children's and um, because they wanted to catch the gestational sac to make sure that we could send that to genetics to have that tested to see if there was a reason why we were having these losses. Yeah. And um, I had the first medication not long after we got there. Um, they gave me some endone, some buscapan, which is really good for cramping. And yes, I know um, that, don't worry. I've always done before, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, um, so once again, misoprostol hit me extremely hard and fast. So they gave it to me, and within 20 minutes, I was vomiting, oh. um, and all of that. and Within, again, 20 minutes, I had passed the gestational sac. Mm. So I had this big urge to push. Yeah. And I nev- I'm glad I didn't take photos, but then I wish that I did because it actually looked like a big dinosaur egg. Oh, That's the gosh. only way that I could describe wow. it. It was actually very interesting to see. I mean, many, very traumatic at the same time. So I got to about nine weeks. So oh, the gestational wow. sac was about nine, but the pregnancy on the inside was 
yeah um if it's smaller yeah yeah um but yeah it just looked like it was it was very interesting Mm. so they took that off to genetics but then the pain hit me intensely and I couldn't speak for two hours two and a half hours I couldn't even open my eyes I just laid there and swayed my knees from side to side and pretty much mood I just grunted I couldn't I was in so much pain yeah um and my just my poor incredible husband he was just sitting there just watching me yeah and just just you know he'd try and speak to me and I, I couldn't I couldn't speak over so yeah there's probably trying to didn't know how to help you but wanted you know wanted to try and help you in yeah. some way but yeah oh yeah yeah it's crazy so um it took it took a while to mentally heal from that loss um because the it it felt like every every loss we'd had it just got that next step traumatic yeah um and there was you know a lot involved in that because I'd also had a bleed with that pregnancy but my my miscarriages don't present like they're always miss miscarriages so my body doesn't really recognize it as a loss yeah it just continues on with the pregnancy until it has to be medically managed yeah um so then um oh actually sorry I forgot to mention the day that we found out we were pregnant with that baby was actually the day that we were going to meet with our fertility our new fertility specialist for the first Uh, time yeah um so they did bloods and scans with that with through them as well so they tracked that pregnancy yeah um so we then gave it a couple of months um so that was december it was the 30th of december that we had the misapostal miscarriage in the hospital um and we waited a couple of weeks for the genetic testing to come back and I just really wanted to know the gender. I just, yeah, I, I just really wanted to know what it was. Yeah. And um, we see a miscarriage specialist, Dee McCormack at Women's and Children's, who's amazing. And um, when we got the genetic testing back, when we saw her, we were really shocked to see that it actually said that there was no embryo found. There was no oh my gosh. found really so there was yeah because we don't know <laughs> we have oh no gosh. idea we don't know if the wrong testing was done or we we have no idea but we didn't get any answers on that pregnancy oh which was gosh. really devastating yeah of um you know like we had a scan just a couple of days before everything happened and we saw a baby yeah but now now that I've seen a baby in a scan I'm like was that actually a baby (laughs) it's really hard to tell but there was something there like we we have we have an ultrasound photo so yeah it's very strange yeah Um, strange. you'd think a sonographer would be able to pick it up too if it wasn't or if it was yeah 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 it's very weird um, and I hadn't passed, I hadn't had any bleeding, no clots, no nothing before mm. having the mesocostal. So it's not like it had passed beforehand. Yeah. 
Um, so then after that, we, um, we went and saw our fertility specialist, um, Louise Hull at Embrace Fertility, who again, they've been incredible. Um, yeah, I've heard. So we, yeah, yeah. I, I have a very good medical team behind me. I'm very thankful. Yeah. Um, so we started seeing Louise and again, and we decided that IVF was our next step. And that was a really big, a big thing for both of us, myself and my husband. It was a huge step for him. Yeah. Um, he knew that whatever I wanted to do, he was, he was happy to go ahead with that. But it's still massive. Yeah, of course. Yes. Financially too. Yeah. Oh. You know, like it's very expensive. Oh my gosh. So expensive. Crazy. <laughs> so we, um, we, started a down regulation cycle so I started with this nasal spray called Cineril and um a year ago this Friday actually I had my first egg collection so we got I think we got 17 eggs the first round yeah and we were like oh my god we're gonna get pregnant we're gonna have our baby this is it we're gonna be one one transfer and done it's gonna happen and everything is going fine. Um, I do my first trans. We'll do our first transfer, and COVID hit SA, mm. and we went into that four-day lockdown. Yeah, and this is November last year, and um, I had to go to my first our first transfer alone. Oh my god! And that was really difficult (laughs) having you know walking up the stairs wearing a mask I'm having a panic attack because I you know it's a new a new place I'm by myself I'm having an embryo transfer yeah exactly yeah I had no idea and then and you know for people like us that conceive that way that is the moment like when of conception at the end of the day like when yeah when yeah like that's what like I couldn't I've never it's crazy I understand I was going to get pregnant yeah like that's yeah I was going to get pregnant without my husband there like how weird is that when you think of that (laughs) (laughs) so I am with that transfer I am a serial tester I like you um should have shares in first response yeah (laughs) um I don't even want to know how much money I've spent over the last three and a half years oh I I used to have to like be like I'm just going out to go get petrol and then I'd go to the shops and buy some and (laughs) start buying pregnancy tests (laughs) whatever it's terrible (laughs) Um, no 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 idea um so I was testing I had pregnal um which is the hcg booster to um, lengthen my luteal phase and um so I was testing out the booster shot and my test got darker and I was like oh my god I'm pregnant it's worked and then my blood test wasn't until 11 days past the five-day embryo transfer. And that morning I thought, yeah, I'll test before I go to the clinic. The clinic's in the city, so it takes me about 45, 50 minutes to get there. 
and I was watching that test like a hawk because the day before it was nice and dark and then it faded it was almost gone and I was like Mm. oh my god you have to be kidding me yeah that's it it's another chemical yeah I just couldn't believe it and um with that that first chemical I was angry I was so angry I was angry that we spent so much money mm-hmm. and for what and so I much felt in like you put yourself like your mind and your yep. body through so much I think as well yeah makes it just all of it is just like yeah I totally understand yeah yeah. Because as, as the woman, you know, you go through the, the stim cycle, you go through the egg collection. Mm-hmm. We did a hysteroscopy at the egg collection to see if there was any polyps or fibroids. You yeah. go through all of the medication ready to do a transfer. Like there's so much weighing on you. Yeah. And then when it fails, you yeah. feel like you failed your, your husband and your yeah. family. Yeah. And um, so I was really angry with that first transfer but I was like, I'm not stopping. Let's go again. Yeah. So we had another genetically tested embryo and we thought, yep, yeah, all right, let's go again. My husband was a bit hesitant, but I was like, I can't stop here. Um, so we did another transfer and um, I had to go to the clinic for something before that transfer. And when I went to the toilet at the clinic, I had a little bit of spotting and I was like, oh, this is strange. Um, but didn't think too much of it. And then when um, Louise Howell went to do my transfer, she goes, oh, there's a bit of spotting here. Mm. And then they were trying to work out if it was best to freeze the embryo or to continue with the transfer. And we were confident that the spotting wasn't coming from my cervix. So we went ahead with the transfer. Yeah. And that whole two week wait, I was spotting, and um, again, I was I was testing out the the pregnal booster, and and my test got positive again. And then again, by the day of bloods, it faded. Oh. So exactly the same thing that happened the first time, but I had fight in me and I was like why am I bleeding why am I spotting why am I spotting for this long so I um they I know that endo can't be diagnosed via a scan um but there is a specialist imaging place um that does a 3d endo scan but it can help pick up on adenomyosis and um other things as well so we organized to do that and they found a polyp in my uterus Mm. so the polyp was what was causing all of the bleeding bleeding yeah so because after that, we only had one embryo left, but it was not genetically tested. And with our loss history, I said to my husband, I think what we need to do is do another stem cycle yeah. and hopefully get some good embryos from that. We've been told we can make good embryos. Let's do that again. Yeah. So again, I had another stem cycle, egg collection and hysteroscopy. Yeah. So the polyp travelled from my uterus to my cervix and 
and that's where it was taken but they cleared out my uterus as well to make sure that there was no other polyps or fibroids there yeah um and then we did our uh, third embryo transfer the following month and again I was testing out the pregnal and my tests were so dark yeah so dark they just yeah it was crazy um I knew from I knew once that polyp was gone I was positive that that embryo would be our baby that embryo would be the embryo that could did you make feel it. different from the other ones yeah I did yeah. um pretty much from the start I I don't know like I just I had a really good feeling that like it's it's really hard to explain like I just felt different yeah um but my first blood test um I couldn't wait until the 11 days passed to transfer. Oh, yeah. I was getting really dark tests. So I went at nine days past the five-day transfer and my levels were 387. Oh, wow. Which is very high. Yeah. <laughs> so um, um, by, by about five weeks, my levels were 19,000. Oh, wow. So... <laughs> they were extremely high and um I remember sitting in the waiting room at the clinic and because sorry before that um because I was so anxious I would go for bloods nearly every second day because I just in, I needed to watch those levels rise yes I'd yes. been through two chemicals and I just I just needed to see those levels rise to yeah. make me feel comfortable yeah definitely and yeah, um, so I remember sitting in the waiting room and um, Dr. Hull walks past me and she goes, I'm a bit concerned there's twins. Oh, my God. And I said, <laughs> me too. <laughs> and I know that um, high HCG doesn't always mean a twin or a multiple pregnancy. Yeah. Um, but Daniel and I had spoken a lot through the week and we said, if there's two, it's going to be tough. I mean, really high risk pregnancy but if it's true it's true yeah you know yeah. whatever whatever's there we're happy with yeah. um because we only transferred one embryo but you never know it can yeah. split exactly um, and that level of hcg was crazy yeah mine um, was really high as well with maya it was oh, i can't remember it was over i think it was 1200 or something like it was wow. really high, yeah. And I remember this, that was the same, same thing to me. I was, I was like, oh, my God, could you imagine? But then Sierra <laughs> was, she was like just, you, you know, I think like 150 or something, um, yeah. which is more of the normal range. <laughs> but Yeah, know. but because you're, you're used to the high levels, then yeah. you probably then, worried. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was like, well, why is it only that much? Whereas, yeah, it's yeah. like oh yeah it's funny how it just yeah it's when so you're going different. through all that and it like it all means so much to you you know kind of like what we're talking about yeah. today where with the hcg and we just cling to like the numbers and everything you know yes yeah that's it and um i forgot to mention at five weeks i had a bright red bleed 
Yeah. And I freaked out. It was a Saturday and I called um, Dr. Hull and I was like, this is what's happening. Um, and she wasn't concerned because I was on Clexane and aspirin. So we just put it down to that and, um, yeah, she wasn't worried. Yeah. Um, and by, um, by about six weeks, I morning sickness kicked me and I was really sick. Um, yeah, I, certain things would set me off, but, um, yeah it was had, I'd never had, had morning sickness before yeah so it was so different to me yeah 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 um and then I found that they would give me Maxillon for morning sickness yeah but I couldn't stay awake oh yeah. I'd have a Maxillon and I'd have to go have a two-hour nap yeah. <laughs> it was really hard to work full time yeah and yeah yeah so I stopped the Maxillon and then I was fine um, but I'd have to have an ondansetron um, in the morning to to help me because the nausea was, was really tough. Yeah, yeah. Strong little embryo there. Yes, Making absolutely. <laughs> yeah, a little fighter from the very beginning. And um, so for seven weeks, we saw um, his heartbeat, and I like could not believe it. I cried so much yeah. because that our pregnancy before that in that same room we were told that we didn't have a heartbeat yeah. um and you know we didn't have a good pregnancy but this time we saw a baby we've seen something we've never seen before we've seen a heartbeat yeah. um it was I mean, incredible great. yeah and um and then um by where are we um eight weeks again I had another bleed yeah. and we went to hospital this time because when I was over that six weeks mark um so we went to the women's assessment at women's and children's they were expecting me and had a scan and I'll never forget this moment they the doctor turned the scan machine to my husband and she was like here you go dad have a look look there's oh. your baby and I was like oh my god dad Oh. No one has ever referred to my husband as dad before. Oh, that's and that was, yeah, it was really special. Um, so, yep, everything was fine. Then um, put it down to Clexane and the progesterone again. Yeah. So they weren't worried about that. Um, nine weeks, we then had another scan at the clinic. He was... Um, head down and you could see him like wriggling and like it was yeah really <laughs> incredible yeah um and we um I then had our first um I think it was our first obstetrician appointment which was going to be with Dee McCormack because being a high-risk pregnancy yeah. um she was going to monitor me yeah and so she did a scan and um, unfortunately my husband couldn't be there. He couldn't get out of work. But I got to hear his heartbeat for the first time because oh. at all of our other scans, no one had actually, they couldn't, yeah, they couldn't do it. So she yeah. was like, grab out your phone and we'll record it. And I'm so grateful that she did because I don't want to ever lose that video. Oh, yeah. It's the most incredible heartbeat. sound ever. I always oh, amazing. I'm like, 
they should do this for, for white noise for mums, like when you're pregnant, like just yeah. <laughs> having the shh machine on, just do like your baby's heartbeat. So then you can go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful noise. So amazing. I'm just so lucky that I recorded that. Yeah. And um, um, nine weeks again, I think I had another bleed. So ended up again at Women's and Children's. Everything was fine. Again, quite the same. Yeah. Um, so then the end, yeah, the end of the week we saw Dee and, you know, everything was great. He wiggled and then it was, you know, it was amazing. Yeah. Then we had so many scans. This baby, Leo, was just paparazzi honestly. <laughs> um, so 10 weeks, we had a formal scan at the hospital. Um, so they had something formal, you know, there um, because my other scans were just done at the clinic. Yeah. And um, he was bouncing around and my husband got to see that and that was really special. He looked like a bird. <laughs> um, just the way that he, you know, at that gestation when they're forming, that was crazy. Um, then everything was perfect that week. And then 11 weeks, um, 11 weeks on the dot, it was the day after my birthday. And oh, no, sorry, no, um, sorry, the 10 week scan was the day after my birthday. Sorry, the 11 week scan was the following Monday. And um, I went to reprimand to have the nest test done, which is like the NIPT test. Mm. And my husband was injured at that time, so he couldn't come with me. So my sister came and that was really special um, uh, because she'd gone through so many losses. This was really special for her to be at that scan to yeah. see her her nephew like that was that was yeah. really special to me her being there yeah and he was kicking his legs like a feet oh. uh, like like a frog <laughs> oh. and I keep saying he through all of this but until we found out he was a girl I um, a boy sorry I was adamant he was a girl. a girl yeah yeah I he'd had and my sister's pretty like psychic for some things like she's pretty good and I usually have a good inkling about things, but oh my God, we were both so wrong and we were both <laughs> so sure. Like he had clothes coming that were purple, lilac, that were going to be for next winter and like, Aww. yeah, so wrong. <laughs> uh, I did this, and, don't worry. I've got oh, no mother intuition with all my kids. No. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, he was... Um, kicking his feet like a frog and like that was really amazing to see um at the night before that I went to the toilet and I lost this really big piece of cervical mucus and I kept looking and googling and I was like I'm sure this is my mucus plug mm. and I'd um I had a, a doula lined up and Jordan, she lives local to me, and but I was too scared to sign the contract. 
until we'd reached that 12, 13 weeks mark. Yeah. I was just too scared to, yeah. you know, I have so much stuff put away, but I was almost scared that signing for that dollar was going to jinx something, but it was not going to do anything. Yeah. But she still supported me mm. so incredibly much and she still does. Yeah. And um, so I messaged her and I was like, does this look like my mucus plug? And she said, it does, but I think that they can replenish. Yeah. And then I had the scan on the Monday night at Repromed and I forgot to ask them to check my cervix, but nothing was mentioned. Everything looked fine. But if they're not measuring, if they're not told to measure your cervix, they're not going to. Yeah. Um, but from what they could see on the scans, everything looked fine. Yeah. And so... On all week, I just, like, I kept feeling like something wasn't right. I had this Mm -hmm. really bad back pain and I just was like, something is not right. I think there's something going on with my cervix. Yeah. And um, my husband had had the week off of work because he was injured. And at 11 weeks, three days, um, early hours of the Thursday morning I woke up to this um to some spotting and the day before I had gone down from two progesterone pessaries and I sorry a day to just one yeah so I didn't have my nighttime one so after weeks I felt like I didn't have to wear this to bed yeah yeah and so but I woke up in the middle of the night because I was pregnant and I was always waking up yeah. to go to the toilet. And um, I put on like the little light next to me and I saw some pink spotting. I was like, okay, what's this? And then a clock fell out and there was some toilet paper in the toilet already. And so me being me and a little bit crazy, I got the clot out the toilet yeah. to look and see if it was tissue yeah or if it was a clot like what was it and I took a photo of it and I called women's assessment and the midwife seemed a bit dismissive I don't yeah um, it, it didn't sound as bad as what it was going to be yeah and she was like well if you feel like you have to come in doctor start at eight so come in then yeah and um in the past the midwives have got my files ready so then when I get there it's there all there yeah um so as much as my husband didn't want to I was like come on we're going in and he was like this is just gonna be a waste of time I drove and I was fine I was absolutely fine to drive yeah. Like I said, he was injured. So I drove because yeah. it was more comfortable for me. Yeah. And I was like, we'll just stop at McDonald's so you can have a coffee. And I don't drink coffee, but he does. And I, I know that he needs one to start his day. And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, don't need one. And I was like, well, you're getting one. Yeah. So I st- <laughs> stopped at um, Crossroad McDonald's and um, I was starting to feel sick. So I had a hash brown. And um, he had his coffee. Then we get into the hospital and 
just behind women's and children's there's like some free two-hour parks and so we just parked there because we were just going to have a scan everything was going to be hot fine and we'd go home yeah um so we walk into women's assessment I'm feeling fine oh sorry I keep forgetting things just after McDonald's we were on King William Road in Hyde Park and I was waiting at the traffic lights and what I know now was a contraction in my back and I just slumped over the steering wheel and I was like ow 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 and then I was fine and I was fine until we got into the hospital and so we then walk into a women's assessment and thank god we parked in those two hour parts because it was like a two-minute walk to the hospital, not waiting for the lift, going down the lift and then walking across the road to the hospital. We were literally at the door. Yeah. And so um, they tell us to sit down, um, that they won't be long, and then um, they call me up within 30 seconds of sitting down and they say, oh, um, your file is that in Dee McCormack's room. And I went, yeah. And then I went, oh my god I'm bleeding and blood just gushed all down my legs all over the floor and then I start hysterically crying and they take us into she rushes me into the bathroom and then she's like what's your husband's name and then she's trying to get him in there and then I just went it's happening again and this time's like all over the bathroom floor oh my god like they had to close the bathroom and I'm going can I take my mask off and she is like too much ripped off my face Um, and so um once I cleaned up from that they put me in the into a room and mind you we got to the hospital at eight o'clock and they did my heart rate and everything and um my blood pressure was quite high so they're trying to put a cannula in yeah and the doctor couldn't get it someone else tried couldn't get it next thing you know a met call has been called and like 10 15 people have run into the room oh god and um sorry my body's like all jittering like going through telling the story i think it's just it's you know i'm so lucky i'm so incredibly lucky lucky that i trusted myself to go to the hospital to get checked out when i did yes because i saved my life yeah so we then, all of these people were in the room and this one doctor, I think she was an anaesthetist, and she tried to put it in my hand and as she did, she knocked the tray and that knocked it out of my hand and I just looked at her and I said, I need that blood. Yeah. <laughs> because I was, wasted. oh. I lost, like, I was losing so much blood. I had, you know, my legs are pretty much open and there's all of these people in the room and blood blood is just gushing out. And I'm going, there's more. They're like, sweetheart, we know. Oh, my God. And um, I kept saying, um, 
you're traumatizing me this is traumatizing you're hurting me this is traumatizing yeah and then I'm going where's my husband is Daniel okay Daniel are you okay and they're going you need to stop worrying about him and worry about you we're trying to save you like he's fine but because even though he was right next to me we couldn't see each other because there were so many people in the room yeah he's just watching me yell out and yeah and him next to you like to support you going through that yep but then at the same time yeah yeah he didn't want to be in he couldn't be in the way yeah. of them because I, I literally had people working on either of my arms trying yeah. to get a drip in yeah. and to stabilize me. Wow. And oh, um, oh, this, um, so this, I'm not like senior anesthetist came in and he said to me, If I can't get it in your arm, I'm gonna have to try your foot. Oh. And I said, You are not trying my foot. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot do that to arm. me <laughs> and so oh he got it in and I was like good oh. and then um this um this other doctor like random lady I hadn't seen her the whole time and she came in and she said I just need to give you an injection in your leg I said you are not putting a cannula in my leg yeah, yeah. and she was like no 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 it's just an injection it was oxytocin oh yeah yeah, and, yeah I'll, I can, um, I'll have some of that so she put that in my leg and I said to her oh thank you you were pleasant you can come back again because you didn't hurt me (laughs) so um I do have to say as well the doctor that um was on that morning and was running the whole show in the room was incredible yeah and her and the night shift doctor was still there so she was also helping um that situation I've actually put them both forward for a hospital award because the way that they managed everything was incredible and they never made us feel scared yeah they just yeah they handled it really well oh that's awesome um and so they then told me I'm gonna have to go in for a DNC and um can I swear on here go for your life (laughs) all right so I just have to put this in context so um they said DNC and to me DNC meant this apostle yeah and I said to them I do not want that fucking misapostal shit. That stuff's living fucking hell. I fucking hate it. Yeah. And my psychologist had always said to me that you can advocate for yourself when it comes to misapostal. And when I told her what I said, she said to me, I never thought it was going to be like that. Yeah. (laughs) But in that moment, I was full of adrenaline. I was full of shock. Yeah. And I was trying to advocate for myself, yeah. even though I was, I was, my life was on the line. Yeah, yeah. I was lost almost three liters of blood. Shit. So I was very yeah. sick. Yeah. And, um, but I was still trying to advocate for myself. And I remember the doctor look at me, Holly, and she said to me, sweetheart, you don't need it. And I just thought in my head, my service is open. I knew it. Yeah. My cervix, I knew something was wrong with my cervix. Yeah. yeah and that. so, yeah, they, um, I just said to Daniel, 
call mum, tell mum. And then they took me into theatre. And so I got into theatre at 9am and I can't, I still cannot believe what happened in that hour. Mm. I just, I still can't believe it. It just feels like a crazy movie. Yeah. And um, before they took me into theatre, they did a speculum and they took 800 mil of clots out. Oh, my gosh. And I just, yeah, like I couldn't, I could just feel literally it was like a jug pouring is how much blood was just, I could feel it pouring out of me. And just before I went into theatre, they did a scan just to see what was, you know, that was there. Yeah. And um, I started to get emotional. Um, That's the most incredible thing that anyone has done for us. Yeah. And being able to see our baby for the last time. Yeah. Was just so special. And he was alive. Yeah. He, they looked at each other, the two doctors, and they just were like, oh, my God, yeah. he's alive. Yeah. They, because my body had gone into shock, yeah. his body also started going into shock, and yeah. he gave us a little kick. But yeah. that's probably all he could muster because there was, yeah, his body like had gone into shock because of yeah. mine. Yeah. Um, but he was perfect. Yeah. Um, and so fire. she printed. Oh, so incredible. So incredible. Um, so she printed out the um, a scan photo and stuck it in my handbag. Um, and that was, yeah, that is very, so very beautiful thankful for that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I said to her, um, can you take a photo on my phone? Yeah. And so she took a photo of my phone as well. And you can see that there's a lot of blood around the gestational sac. So yeah. it was eventually going to take him mm. as well with the bleeding. And But I'm so thankful that I had surgery because yeah. I couldn't have dealt with that. Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that would have killed me if I kept bleeding. It, I, I would have died. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then... They um, it took me into theatre, and I remember the so like theatre wasn't quite ready for me, and they just the orderly just put me in the hallway, and I looked around and I was like, I've been left here by myself. Yeah. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. yeah. And then one of the midwives, Haley, she just put her hand on my shoulder, and even though I'd met her that hour in that hour, I just went, Oh my god familiar face you're still here yeah yeah um oh something I forgot to mention sorry um just before or after that scan um this doctor came in and he was like Dr Holly's superior for the day and he put his hand on my husband's shoulder and his hand on my leg and he just said I'm so sorry Mm. and he just looked heartbroken yeah because they all knew that our baby was still alive but they knew that they had to take our baby to save my life yeah yeah and 
as a doctor, that's, you know, that's their job. But at the same time, that's really fucking hard. Yeah. And he, you know, he obviously had empathy for you guys as well, like the yeah. situation and everything. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't always get that, you know, that's, so that's really no. nice and amazing that he did that. And it's just like something yeah. small like that can just mean the world, you know. Yes, absolutely. And apparently he wasn't even rostered on that day. He just happened to be, I think he, because he's an obstetrician, I think he had a C-section that day, okay. um, that morning, and that's why he happened to be there. Um, yeah. But he ended up doing our, my surgery. Yeah. And when I got into theatre, um, but I remember looking over at the bed that I got moved from when I got put on the theatre bed and I just saw this big pool of blood and I just went, oh, my God. And, like, when I say big, it's like if you kind of put your arms around to make a circle, yeah. that's how big it was. Wow. Like it was huge. Oh, my God. Um, and that's, like, you know, after everything that yeah. they got um you know like the bluey pad things that they put down yeah it puts a whole different meaning to bluey um, yeah. <laughs> um and so uh when I saw him in the room I just was like okay another familiar face yep yeah and then they my blood pressure dropped really bad yeah and to stabilize me they had to put another drip in and so they tried my forearm and as soon as he put the needle in I bruised instantly yeah and I screamed and I was like just knock me out put me to sleep stop hurting me yeah and he was like we can't put you to sleep we need to stabilize you before we can put you to sleep and then he started like smacking my hand to get a vein and it finally gets one in and then um my whole pregnancy I struggled with phlegm every morning I would choke it's so gross (laughs) And so when I was going to sleep, I started feeling like I was going to choke on that phlegm. And so I went to sleep having a panic attack because I was like, I'm bleeding to death and now I'm going to choke. Yeah. So, you know, a logic, your brain just goes crazy. It's so irrational. Oh, yeah. Um, You were in that really traumatic situation as well. I think it was completely normal. Like yes. have that response, yeah. you know. Yeah, the adrenaline and the shock hit me. Oh, um, yeah. I'm sorry, this is probably going too long, but I've like this part of the story is just so lengthy. No, that no, it's um, right. and so um I didn't realise, but I ended up being in theatre for about three hours. Oh wow, was so, it that long? I didn't realise it was that long. Yeah yeah really long time I posted on my insta stories um because I just post to my close group and I posted in there saying that I was at hospital and I was just you know I had some bleeding and I remember someone saying oh it's dyslexia and you'll be okay yeah and then I didn't reply for hours yeah 
and then a couple of the girls I'm really close with were like something's happened yeah something's not right she hasn't been on for a while she hasn't replied she hasn't opened anyone's messages something's not right yeah and I messaged my sister when I got to the hospital and I said so this was eight and I am I messaged my sister and I then didn't send her another message until I think it was around one o'clock mm. and oh, I did think that I was too. in because I remember yeah. watching it as well when um yeah and I was thinking the same like you said like um, I was like oh she hasn't yeah like I kept checking to see because I was worried as well and yeah. I remember kept checking and then I thought oh something's going on because yeah like you said you hadn't posted for ages yeah and no one would have expected what happened oh um, no, like and oh, like so devastating. no one expected my next story no because yeah. I was completely out of it I was on oxygen I was pale as yeah oh my and... gosh it was like it was so <laughs> shocking yeah I just, I think that was a real big shock for a lot of people. Yeah. Even myself. Yeah. And like, you know, Um, even like we've never met in person, but I was like so devastated for you. Like you become so invested. Yeah. Like with people that you're close with on Instagram and you talk to quite often, you become so heavily invested in, in their path and their journey. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like when horrible things happen to them, and I, I feel this, when horrible things happen to them, you, like, you kind of go through your waves of their grief with them as well. I yeah. Because yeah. some of these people become, like, your best friends. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so um, in recovery, back to the hash brown that I had on the way to the hospital, I forgot to tell the anaesthetist that I had eaten because I totally forgot. And so in recovery, I vomited into my oxygen mask. Oh, no. (laughs) I won't eat hash brown again. (laughs) So I, yeah, so they're having to clean that up and... I'm in a lot of pain and then I just said to her what's in between my legs and she said you've got a catheter in your uterus oh and I was like draining it yeah they're draining and anything that was coming from my uterus so I had when I woke up I had a cannula in my right hand a arterial vein like um drip type of thing in my right um sorry in in my left hand I had the arterial and then in my left hand in like my forearm kind of the other side of the elbow don't know what that's called but um there was another drip there so I had three drips and I had a can uh, sorry a catheter in my uterus and a catheter in my bladder oh gosh so I could like couldn't even really adjust myself on the bed it was really uncomfortable yeah um and then they they wheel me into high dependency and my husband's waiting there got a beautiful massive window looks over north Adelaide it was really beautiful 
but I could hear this woman like in pain and I said to Daniel oh that's not that's not nice for that lady birthing in high dependency Mm. and I've got a friend that had to have give birth in ICU um, because she has a heart condition and so I thought oh that's really sad you know how hard that would have been for my friend yeah and then later on we heard another woman and Daniel goes I think we're in the labor ward and I went are you fucking kidding me I can't believe and I didn't know that high dependency was also delivery that is and disgusting it's disgusting disgusting. oh my gosh they really like I put this on my Instagram too and I don't know how we can start something but like just it needs to change that cannot continue yeah it just well, what I have found out is they actually put me in the wrong wing so there is a wing that's just for um high dependency but because COVID everyone's having babies yeah um they yeah they put me where they could put me um which was not very nice but I have written a thousand word complaint letter um, yeah in regards to not just that mother and you have to go through that like you just yeah oh just so yeah and like the shock still hadn't hit me yeah I still you know you've been through I was still on that adrenaline. I was still on that adrenaline for a week and a half. Yeah. yeah. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And the midwives that I had that looked after me, they did everything to make me not feel that I was in the labour ward. They were amazing. Yeah. Um, But there was this midwife that came in and she said to me, oh, so did you deliver your baby today? And my sister happened to be there because the COVID rules had changed the week before. So then I could have two visitors, yeah. thankfully, um, yeah. because that was a lot on my husband. Yeah. And my sister stood up and she's like, no, you need to look at what has actually happened. She's actually had to lose her baby today to save her life. Yeah. And this lady, this midwife, she then, she's like, yep, so I'll empty your catheter and yep, yep, yep. And she gets my catheter and she's got the, the pot of my urine and she's looking in the toilet, in the bathroom. She's like, oh, yep, oh, 800 mil. Oh, great. Good one. So good. And she's like walking around the room like she's on speed. And I just looked to her and said, when my midwife's name um, is free, can you please send her in? Yeah. And she kind of got the hint because I was like, you're too much for me right now. Yeah. Oh, my Um, gosh. And so, um, yeah, so she came in and um, I, a friend of mine that I've met on this forum like seven, eight years ago, she um, is a midwife there as well. And for years we've saying we should catch up, we should catch up, but we never have. Um, but she actually came to visit me um, that night in high dependency. And that was the first time we met. And I thought, what a way to meet. Um, but I'm so, so grateful for her. Yeah. And um, she, my file was in the room and um, she had a look and she was just like shocked. She couldn't believe what had happened because, again, 
another person that's been on this journey for me for such a long time that wants the best for us yeah and um you know heartbroken at the same time yeah um and so that night was really difficult there was a woman in the room which literally felt like she was two feet away from me Mm. and she was screaming through her birth and her name was Carol and I only know that her name was Carol because they kept telling her to calm down yeah and like I recorded some of it on my Insta stories and it was clear as day. Yeah. Um, and I just was like, just Carol, push this baby out and yeah. so I can sleep. Yeah. Um, and so the midwife came in and she said, you really need to go to sleep. I think it was like, like 2 a.m. by then. And I just said, I can't, I can't, I cannot switch off. Yeah. So I'd, I'd had two Panadol, a Tramadol, two sleeping tablets and something else. Yeah. And usually half an endone does me. Knocked like out, yeah. I'm knocked out. Um, but my body was so high on adrenaline and shock that yeah. my body was fighting it. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, Thankfully, my husband, he came first thing the next morning. He was at the hospital and I did forget to mention, sorry, the night before, on on the Thursday night that everything happened, um, Dr. Holly and Dr. Laura both actually came to see me, to debrief with me, um, which was incredible. They they didn't have to do that, but they did and they were amazing. and then the next morning, um, Dr. Chris Hughes, he actually came to see me as well to debrief with me before he started his day and yeah. just to see how I was. Yeah. Um, well, that's so nice. And, you that's know, nice. like this is the public system. Yeah. A lot of people have a lot of bad things to say, but for me, I am so thankful for the way that they treated me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shows they genuinely care and, like, love what they do. Yeah, and being such a unique, yeah, yep, absolutely, and such a unique situation as well. Yeah. Um. So he came to see me that day, and Dr. Holly actually came to see me that afternoon as well, um, just to see if there was anything else that I wanted to ask. Um, and I, she came in in a casual clothes, so it was almost like it was her day off, but she just had her keys and her phone in her hand. Yeah. Um. So that was really nice. So they then moved me to the antenatal and gynecology ward and they put me in a shared room and I had like a panic attack Yeah. because I was like, do not put me in a room where someone's going to have their baby's heart monitored. I yeah. can't do that. Oh, no, yes. No, well, our, our misapostal miscarriage, um, because the walls are so paper thin, on the other side of the wall, a lady was having her baby's heart monitored oh. um, whilst we were losing ours. So oh. that was my fear, being back in that ward again. Yeah, I didn't want to be in a shared room with that. Um, no. But little did I know, as I was being put in the room and talking my story through with the midwife, um, the lady next to me was being wheeled out for her first ever surgery, which was a DNC, and she was like, almost 50 
and her husband was really panicked about her having surgery. Here's me telling them that I've just had a DNC and I almost died and my oh, story is no. really traumatic. This poor <laughs> this guy. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. The lady spoke to me. Um, she went to go to the toilet that night and I said, can you please tell your husband I'm so sorry? Yeah. <laughs> I did not mean to, I didn't mean to scare him. <laughs> oh. um, and so... Um, Within, um, yeah, I was in antenatal and gynecology and I had this midwife called Sarah and she was amazing. Um, the next day she actually bought me flowers that her daughters had picked me. Oh, that's so um, nice. And, yeah, really beautiful. And, um, yeah, she when she saw me for the last time, she said, I'll see you again soon but yeah. it won't be here it'll be in delivery and I was like oh, thanks yep you will um, but um that day on the Friday um hey a doctor came in and, and she said to me did you have a blood transfusion in theater and I said I don't know she said did you or didn't you have a blood transfusion in theater and I thought I don't know I was asleep I don't know yeah and it ended up that the blood was um, delivered to um, theatre, but they didn't need it, so they sent it back. Oh. So she said to me, when your levels get to 80, you need to have a blood transfusion. And I'm like, great, okay, well, you know, wow. Um, but thankfully my levels never dropped, so I didn't need to have the blood transfusion. I only needed to have an iron infusion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and because they were really worried that if I did have a blood transfusion, that the antibodies could be difficult with future pregnancies because yeah. we would still be trying to have another baby. Yeah. Um, so I then stayed in hospital for another night. So I was there the Thursday Thursday, Friday, and I didn't get discharged until about five o'clock on the Saturday. Um, my whole hospital experience is very positive other than my discharge. Mm. Um, that was not the best. Um, usually the discharging midwife will give you some care information, um, but I was discharged without anything. So... Thankfully, my midwife friend had came to see me on the Friday and had given me this um, butterfly pack. And it's this beautiful poem and um, about, you know, when you see a butterfly, you know, that's your baby sending you a sign that they're still here, you know, yeah. they're looking yeah. out for you. And, um, and it's got these beautiful seeds that you can plant that will attract the butterflies. Oh, um, so nice. It's really beautiful. That's so beautiful. I'm so thankful yeah. that she got that for me because I was discharged without anything. So yeah. I um, I wasn't given any care information how to look after myself after theatre. Um, no care providers, nothing, nothing oh. at all. Or like um, counsellor's number or anything? Nothing. Nothing. nothing wow and um so I did put in a complaint about that but one of the main reasons I put in that complaint is because I speak English yeah a lot of women that go to that hospital don't yeah and they don't if they've never had 
plastic surgery before how do they know that they can't go swimming they can't yeah. use tampons they can't go in pools or things like as spas and baths yeah. they you know women don't know those things and if they're not given that information infections are going to happen they're exactly. going to have to clog the system again yeah so um i did write a really big complaint letter in my complaint letter there was some really good feedback as well like it wasn't just a complaint yeah. letter yeah um so i then i was so happy to leave hospital but it really didn't kick in that I was leaving with an empty womb. Yeah. Um, I think I was just so high on adrenaline. Yeah. I didn't really cry much in hospital. I, you know, just a few times when my husband had left. But he was just incredible. He is incredible. He would just, he would get there at like 8.30 in the morning and stay with me until 5 o'clock. Yeah. And, or, you know, he'd try and, beat the peak hour traffic to go home um but just he would from something wasn't he yeah 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 he was still injured and so you know he's sitting on uncomfortable chairs all day and my sister yeah my sister took time off of work Mm -hmm. um because it this really affected my family because it wasn't just yeah like it wasn't just the fact that we had lost our baby it was the fact that I almost lost my life as well yeah yeah yeah. um and like my parents lost one of my sisters when she was a toddler so oh sorry it was like yeah it was a lot of flashback for my parents as well because it was like they had that fear that they were going to lose another child yeah because they had you know Daniel had called them before when I went into theatre and then when I got out but that's three hours of not knowing what's happening yeah yeah um and so um yeah my sister had taken time off work and she is a hairdresser she owns her business so you know she's having to reschedule things and she was by my side whatever I needed she brought in for me and Mm. gave me her iPad so I could try and watch some shows and yeah. you know like really supportive I, yeah you. Yeah. yeah and then um when I got home it's when people like you just started doing these incredible things for us mm-hmm. and we're just so thankful but one thing that I really struggled with was how kind people were for us Aww. like it was for us yeah. and it was like the shock and the adrenaline every time someone would bake cookies and bring them to our door. And, yeah. you know, like I would catch people, I'd be like, oh, thank you so much. And they're like, oh, I was trying to sneak. And I'm like, I just want to say thank you, um, you know, and bake us casseroles and just do, you know, send us Uber Eats vouchers, like the things that people did for us. But every time those beautiful things were done for us, yeah, that level of shock would happen again. Yeah. So it was like the shock and the adrenaline. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm ungrateful because I'm so grateful. Oh yeah, the shock and the adrenaline was suppressing the grief. Yes, yeah. So I, the first week, because I so I took two weeks off of work. So the first week, um, the shock and adrenaline hit me, and then the second week, the grief hit. Oh. and I wasn't getting out of bed until 
you know, one thirty, two o'clock when my husband would get out, get home from work. Yeah. Um, and um, one of my best friends, um, she has a three-year-old and I have a really incredible bond with her. She was born um, four weeks after our first miscarriage. So she's just been yeah. like oh, my yeah. light of my life. Um, okay. And she's so special and so we have her um most second Sundays and um my psychologist said to me are you okay to have her I said I need to spend time with her because she just makes me so incredibly happy it was just oh that is so beautiful oh yeah I get in trouble because I spoil her so much but (laughs) she just makes me so happy yeah (laughs) and um and because making me tear the Sunday be- so beautiful. Oh <laughs> well the Sunday before um before we had lost Leo, she she didn't know I was pregnant. We didn't tell her anything. Yeah. She was pretty fully. She said to me, Army Sarah, there's a baby in your tummy. And I said, oh. oh, oh, do you think so? She said, Yep. And I said, Do you think it's a girl or a boy? She said, Girl, it's called Penelope. Oh, <laughs> And like I had recorded that too, her saying that. Um, and then after we'd lost Leo, she said to me, Where's that baby born that's in oh. the tummy? Oh. And I said, Oh, what baby? Because I she's too young, three yeah. girls don't need to know yeah. anything like that. Yeah. Um and but now like I have um I've been given a couple of teddies that have got his name embroidered on the ear of the bunny. Yeah, and she said because she always sleeps with one of um, like a jelly cat teddy at our house, yeah. and um, for her day sleep. And she said, "Oh, what what does that say? What's this? What's this teddy's name?" I said, "That's Leo." And she said, "Oh, Leo, that's cute." <laughs> so, like, it's so special things, but yeah, just like the things, yeah, like spending time with her was just really what my heart needed yeah um and still needs every second week I really look forward to that time with her yeah because it's a day or way of thinking yeah. it's a day away of being sad it's a yeah. day of happiness yeah and um so yeah spending time with her was really important and food and then when I get this message from you about this go fund me and then when you contacted Steph from the village co Steph what Steph did for us as well was you know Amazing. food voucher for chefs on wheels oh yeah. incredible I know and oh my god cleaner. oh yeah she's exactly just what you needed so great. Cleaner, like who yeah you know you just needed someone yeah. to like you needed taking care of and we just all wanted to yeah. try and take care of you in some way yeah. or another. And yes, Steph, yes. It was really hard to agree to that. <laughs> like it was, it, it actually took me a couple of days to reply to that message yeah. about the cleaner because yeah. I was just like, how can I say yes to that? And yeah. my husband's going, someone come and clean our house. And yeah. Said, yeah. And he goes, what? Yeah. And I said, well, I've said yes to this because you need help. Like I wasn't doing anything. He was doing everything. Yeah. And he was like, everyone's giving us food. We haven't had to cook in days and now we don't have to clean our house. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. And our house is relatively clean. Like, you know, people come over and I'm like, excuse the mess, but there's really 
not yeah. any mess you know yeah. just a couple of things on the table um so that was incredible um that we had that support um and just oh just you know like um a star was named in his name um I feel so bad not remembering everything we got but we got so many things flowers wine candles plants oh wow just amazing um yeah there was like things coming from every direction like there was one day we had like five different delivery drivers oh wow and the dog was just like what is happening (laughs) and then people yeah people would just leave like food at the doorstep and it was just I think so such a unique situation and you know for us that have followed you along like you said like we've invested so much into your journey and like I thought like personally I was so excited for you guys like finally having your you're gonna finally have your baby that you've you know you've like wanted for such a long time and you've gone through so much and then just for that to happen was like devastating for us as well like just and I just couldn't even like fathom how how you were feeling and how you're coping and I was like there just has to be something like no matter like I, I think we know that no matter what it's not going to take that pain away but just to yeah. show that we were there for you in some way. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, infertility and loss community is not something anyone wants to be a part of, but I have made some life, lifetime friends. Um, I was something you want to be a part of, Instagram but community. when you are a part of it, like it's an incredible community. And so grateful. Everybody's, yeah. like majority of people, everyone that I've met has been so supportive and yeah yes yeah. I think just because you yeah. know what like you just got to hold each other up through it and yeah absolutely you know we um, all understand we've got that level of understanding like even though like I never went yeah. through loss but I understand what you went through to get to that point and then to have that taken away from you is just like so heartbreaking so you know yeah understand to that level you know yeah yeah absolutely I just it's so crazy and like we hadn't really told um we we told some family but not all of our family I was planning so my nieces and nephews um like my youngest nephew's almost 18 and my eldest niece is 26 um so they're more like my siblings but I hadn't told them that I was pregnant because I wanted to surprise them when we knew the gender yeah and um we that was really hard like for my sisters to tell the kids you know this is what's happened yeah um and we had told Daniel's eldest brother and his two girls um that Sorry. Sorry that um I was that I was pregnant um only a couple of days. I think it was the Friday night before. Um so yeah, almost a week before we'd told them because everything was perfect, perfect, everything was fine. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. You know, we had no need to be worried. Yeah. 
and so um the girls are oh, let's get this wrong I think they're 12 and 14 yeah and I no I don't think they're that I'm not sure I, I get this so wrong <laughs> um, but anyway um, that age <laughs> they're young yeah yeah they're young they're young enough but old enough to know yeah. what's happening and I really struggled with they were so excited oh. they were like oh my god we're getting a cousin oh. because their other cousins on their mum's side all live in Canada yeah. and um one of their cousins their only cousin that lives here lives in Melbourne so they were like, oh, my God, we're getting oh, a cousin. We're cousin. Yeah. getting a cousin. Yeah. Yeah. And they were so excited. And then I messaged my sister-in-law a couple of days after we'd lost Leo. And I said, how are the girls? And she said, I cannot believe that you're thinking about my girls right oh, now. Yeah. And I just said, I just, you know, it breaks my heart with how excited they are. Yeah. And then we saw them a couple of weeks ago and I just got the biggest hug. Oh. And like, no words, but just. Oh, beautiful. A hug yeah. um so yeah we um I forgot to mention when we found out his gender so um I got out of the hospital on the Saturday and then the Monday night my specialist called she said oh yep so we've got the gender come back and I was like okay yep and she goes it's a boy and I went what, what? <laughs> she goes yep it's a boy and then explained the chromosomes and everything and I just said oh my god and right. she goes you were so sure it was a girl, weren't yeah, you? Yeah. Said, yeah. <laughs> yep. I was dead set because oh. it was either Hallie or Leo. Yeah. And Leo was never a pick for a boy. It yeah. was never like, you know, it, it was on the list, but I never knew it was on the list, if that made any sense. It yeah. just kind of was a name that came out because he was born in August. I'm born in August. We're both Leos. Yeah. And I just thought, it was fitting yeah um so fast forward two weeks after we found out his gender I was going through some ultrasound are you there I think it's just cut out hello Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you um you got the part about the ultrasound. No, um, sorry. No. So um two two about two weeks after we lost him, I um was framing some ultrasound photos um to put a part of Daniel's Father's Day present. Yeah. And um I sent like one of the um, pictures to my sister and I said oh my god do you see a lion above him yeah she said yeah I thought you were going crazy but I see it yeah and I showed a couple of other people and they were like oh my god see it there is a lion above him yeah and he was named for like two weeks but then I feel like he was telling us his name yeah he's Leo yeah because his name means brave he was incredibly brave yeah. to still, you know, to go through what he did and to still stay alive until he wasn't Yeah, is just incredible. And, you know, like 
to to have to lose your baby because you were dying yeah oh yeah so so hard and so unique and just oh it's gut-wrenching yeah but knowing how much our baby fought is just so special oh yeah and a little like yeah yeah it's like it's been the hardest thing that I've ever had to go through yeah um and not knowing what took him has been really hard you know that excessive bleeding I was gonna say do they still do they tell so do you know now why you were bleeding so much no so they thought that it could have been something called an AV malformation where an artery and a vein cross over but they don't think that that was the case and then um yeah like every appointment we've we've pretty much had weekly appointments with our specialists but every appointment there was a new thing thrown at us yeah and then you would overthink it for that whole week until you'd have that next appointment yeah um but there was inflammation found in the surgery report mm. so it could have been a possible a possible excuse me a possible infection from when the polyp was removed yeah um but they don't know yeah um yeah we've been given the green light to start trying again yeah um whether that be naturally or ivf but i don't think we're ready mentally at all for ivf i think we um we actually rescheduled our fertility specialist appointment till january yeah. Um, because there was no point having that appointment when all I wanted was the nest test results, which yeah. um, Dean McCormack could provide for us anyway. So yeah. um, we just thought, let's give that appointment to someone else and we'll just wait to January yeah. and just see what happens in that time. You never yeah. know, might be a unicorn and get pregnant naturally. Yeah. Don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would be amazing. But, yeah. Yeah, well, I think Leo, it's been crazy. I think he's very brave, just like his mum. He obviously gets it from you because you are so brave and like everything you've been through. And then to be able to come on here and share your story and like to keep fighting. And it's so important. Like, if you just got to, you just got to keep going, like, as hard as it is, you know, it's so hard, but you've just got to keep going as much yeah. as you can and yeah like you're I keep so- having this dream and there's this little girl when she's got dark hair and my husband's chin oh my and gosh. I don't know if it's going to be a girl but I definitely feel like there is a soul waiting for us 100% and it's I feel like-, like Leo had to pass away for that child yeah yeah and it's you know, like I, I had that with Orlando. Like I, I you've probably read my, one of my Instagram posts. Yeah. I remember like it, it, I still find it so weird. Not weird. That's not the right word. But like I said it to Incredible. my friend. Like I remember her saying like, are you done with kids? And I was like, I just feel like there's a little boy. Like there's just meant to be this little boy. I, I just feel like he's missing from our family. And then with that, like, without even trying, I just, he came. Like, I still, last yeah. night I was holding him up the, into the mirror and I was like, where did you come from? Like, you were just meant to be here, you know? 
Like it's yeah, like, you, like you said, like you just you had this dream about this little girl, and she'll probably come to yeah. you when the time's right. And like yeah. when you're holding, and that's why her. I was so sure. I was so sure he was a girl because yeah. of how vivid these dreams are. Yeah, but maybe he just wasn't meant to be our outside baby. Yeah, he was just meant to guide the path for his siblings. And I know yeah. a lot of people won't agree with what I say with that, but that's something that is just trying to get me through this. Of course, is yeah. that he has to guide the way for yeah. our earthside babies yeah and um and they you know I say babies you. yeah like I would love to have two earthside yeah but yeah I can't I can't go through this roller coaster forever yeah, yeah. um it's so mentally challenging yeah. and you know, like as much as you're not alone you feel alone exactly. you know you can reach out to friends but they may not they don't understand it. So yeah. they'll be there for you and then yeah. they can only be there so much. Yeah, exactly. um, and it's that's so when I say, you know, like I've made incredible friends on this platform. Um, yeah. You know, my in-life best friends are still incredible. Yeah. yeah. But the ones that I've made through Instagram, they're going through this. They're riding this wave at the same time. So they get it. Yeah. They understand, exactly. you know, you can... I've, I've held it together tonight but you know today I was fine I've had a really good last two weeks like I've been fine yeah. and then today um his certificate from birth deaths and marriages came yeah and I was a mess yeah <laughs> so you know like one minute you're fine and the next yeah. minute you're not but that's, that's grief you yeah. know and yeah I think and- overall I'm doing quite well yeah. But it is very hard. Oh, of course. And he, you know what? He he's gonna make you a stronger person too. And yeah. you know, like you said, like this whole journey will just mold you into being this amazing, beautiful mother that you are and that you will be to your earthside babies when they come too, because Thank you just you. you know, like you just like I mean, obviously every baby is special and but I just feel like, you know, us that have been through it, it's just. It's different. It's different, yeah. It's so different, you yeah. know. Like I was even thinking today, you know, like women that go through chemical pregnancies or false lines on tests, for some women, they have no idea about this. No. And, like, no. how great would that be to have yeah. no idea? Oh, it would be so great. <laughs> so good oh my gosh so, yeah like I there's so many times over this last three and a half years that I'm just like geez I wish I was naive yeah but like yeah yeah I just it, it's the path that we've been given and yeah you know sometimes they say you're only given what you can handle yeah um and to be honest it's been really hard to just yeah every day and keep going yeah when you just feel like you have no fight left but at the same time you do I've got that fight in me and I know that I know we can do it we just need the help yeah and you know I know that Leo was here to to guide me and another thing that I did forget to mention is um 
recently um, because I still had a big shadow of the bruise on my forearm yeah. from in the theatre where they tried to put the drip in. Um, and I have all of these scars because it took them nine times to put the drip in. And so I got a tattoo recently, yeah. two weeks ago, um, that actually sits where that bruise was on my uh-huh. forearm and it's a butterfly and a poppy. And the poppy is the August birth flower. Yeah. Um, which is mine and his. Um, and the butterfly is mainly because that poem and meaning rebirth because his whole experience has changed me as yeah. a woman. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thankful for him because yeah. he's changed me, but yeah. I miss him so much. Yeah. Like, and he's made your mummy. Like he made your mama. Yeah. 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 I feel like, you know, even though we had our other losses, yeah. I feel like it's really hard to explain that he has affected me so much more. Yeah. Because for the first time we've actually seen a baby. Yes. We watched him grow. Yeah. We watched him grow arms and legs. We saw yeah. him from an embryo. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's so different. And, you know, like you see a lot of things saying loss is loss, but loss is so different in so many different aspects yeah and you know my chemical pregnancies versus my loss of leo and my miscarriages versus my loss of leo they are so different yeah and yeah you know like it's always a what if and you know what what it could be but a loss of a life and having to lose your baby because you are dying is just yeah something that's so hard to comprehend oh yeah but I I think I'm doing quite well yeah you are you're doing amazing you are so amazing and thank you so much for sharing your story um thank you you thanks for having me no thank you honestly um you know yeah like I said you're you've been incredible you are incredible and you're very, you. very brave. And, you know, I just think this gives so many other people, like, you know, we've just, you got to keep going. So yeah, thank you so and much. Thank you for what you did, you know, like reaching oh, out to the village co. It, it takes a village and, you know, it doesn't just take a village to raise a child. It yeah. takes a village to help a woman yeah. navigate loss. Yeah, and definitely. You know, that's just so important. And yeah. I'm so thankful for what you did for us. Oh, you're welcome. Just, you're welcome. It was, yeah. Yeah. So amazing. Oh, I'm glad it's helped. Oh, well, you Thank enjoy you. the rest of your evening and um, yeah, look forward to continuing on your journey with you. Thank you. I'll keep oversharing. <laughs> I, I do too, don't worry. That's why we get along so well. That's right. <laughs> Oh, thank well, you so much, Danny. No worries. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.